Good Christ. Alright, welcome to We Live in Drag Race, everybody. Um, as we know, it's uh, Pride Month this month. Uh, time to celebrate all the uh, the, the L's, uh, the G's, big shout out to the G's, uh, the B's, why not? Uh, the T's, absolutely. Still not sure what a Q is, to be honest. Not not entirely clear on that. Uh, the, the I's, you know, I love predestination, and that's literally the extent of my knowledge. And... Uh, but the A's, you know, the A's, I, I do not trust. I don't, I don't know what's what's going on there. I don't know what gets them out of bed in the morning. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, everything that I have ever done in my life has been for the purpose of, at some point, you know, making sweet love or, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, delivering a hot slice of Irish sausage. But I, don't, I just don't, I don't get what the deal is. I, I absolutely believe that it's real. If you're not after that, then what do you want from me? That's my, that's my main question. Oh yeah, in honor of Pride Month week, month, month, Pride Month, um, you know, a couple of special of announcements, you know, uh, number one, we'll be uh, changing the name of the podcast for the remainder of the month to uh, Wheelie Bin Drag Race, I think that, uh, you know, it makes as much sense as the original title, and, um, well, it makes more sense than bloody Raytheon and Blackwater changing their logos to, you know, rainbow flags being like, yes, we're celebrating it, you, ha- you are literally evil, <laughs> You were a conglomerate of the most evil people alive, don't... <laughs> that, that flag can do nothing to rehabilitate you. And, you know, for secondary announcement, um, let's say Lewin's gay. So it's just me today. Uh, me and Lewin had an episode planned, but then... Uh, as briefly mentioned last week, uh, in that episode that I don't remember recording, um, Lewin ate a hash brownie and couldn't figure out how to get the video to play on his Xbox, and, um, and my backup plan fell through, so I was gonna do something quick on, uh, Sunday morning, but instead, I finished work at about 4am and ended up, you know, drinking with other staff until, like, 9am, which, it turns out, terrible idea. But last week was, you know... WA Day, long weekend, which I didn't know about until Saturday night, and, you know, I realized, you know, we got two days to recover from whatever we do tonight, so let's, let's, let's get on it, and then went to sleep for about four hours on Sunday morning when I finally got home, remember I had another party to go to, and went to that, uh, so needless to say, Monday was a shamble, in fact, this entire week has been, uh, absolute shambles, just... <laughs> Just a nightmare. Just like my brain has had the structural integrity of a sponge cake in a bathtub. It's been, you know, you know, like drunk memory where you just like, you know, you're like, oh man, I can't really remember what happened last night. Damn, I was looking for, I was, I was gonna meet like uh, my 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 mate's new girlfriend. I was, I was looking forward to meeting her. Yeah, she sounds really interesting. Yeah, she's she's never seen him drunk. She was born in Essendon. <laughs> she wants to fix me up with one of her friends, but her friend's a bit Greek. Oh wait, I did meet her. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, right, we spoke for hours. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I've been doing this entire week, is just putting things together from those two days, and it's been horrible. I don't know what ha- And I sat down to try and, like, record something several times. Nothing, ca- nothing came out. Just nothing. <laughs> like, let's talk about Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix nothing nothing couldn't get anything done so instead what I did record was a series of increasingly unhinged rants so I'm just gonna string them together and then try and wrap this all up you know it's gonna be a kind of um 
Yeah, we're going to do it in a kind of Wes Anderson style where it's, you know, loosely linked stories that I try to wrap together into some through line at the end. So, let's go. Number one. Part one. The Anglo-Celtic Race War. So let's talk Israel, all right? Because yeah, I, I, I got so I got some in-person feedback the other day from a fan, and by a fan I mean like a friend of mine who I made listen to the show. She was saying like, "Oh, why did he keep talking about the shit like Israel, the political shit?" And I'll tell you why. Because me and Lorne, we are not film critics; we are film appreciators, all right? And what what kind of films are we watching? Are we watching like? The latest corporate Disney plastic horse shit to, you know, pop out of whatever creative executive head director's black hole void of a mind. Uh, no, it's 2000s movies. And what compulsion, what possible force could make us venerate 2000s films? I mean, I'm going to, you know, stop doing this in a minute. The, asking myself easy and obviously rigged questions. But yeah, it's nostalgia. It's nostalgia. Is reason. It's, it's why I love thinking about the 2000s. Looking at these movies that we were such, you know, huge fans of in the 2000s, because the world right now is awful. <laughs> like, you just have governments just killing children while getting touted all over as, like, free and democratic utopias. You just have, like, obvious political corruption just in every corner of the world, which is just accepted and obvious to, you know, everyone except the most fucking vacuous people on earth who go like, oh, no, it's not. Or worse, when they go like, oh, yeah, they are corrupt, but that's to be expected. You know, that's just the way the world works. No, the world is not just pretending to ignore, like, any systemic or apocalyptic crisis which might be coming down the pipeline. And, you know, the people who are supposed to tell you about that, the fourth estate, the journalists, uh, running ads for their podcasts as headline stories. That's what happened the other day. They'd, like... Pulled up this thing, maybe the front headline story was like, oh, unsealed documents about this serial killer who was running around who was running around Perth in the 1960s. And then you flip to the article to like see like, oh, what the, is the, has there been a new development in the case 50 years later? Uh, and no, they just, it was just an ad for their new podcast that they're doing about this topic. And it's like, well, that's not a story. You can't, like, it's just open fucking, like, I don't even know what that is. Unethical behavior, but it seems worse than that, but whatever. It's just, the world's a fucking mess. And the more time you spend looking at it, the more powerless you realize you are. The more you have to fixate on something that's just a distraction, or at least, like, preoccupy yourself with tedium or, you know, how important it is that you run, that things run smoothly at the graphic design office that you do HR for or something. I don't know. Because otherwise you're just sitting there and you're just going insane from watching this shit and realizing that there's nothing you can do about it. So you know what feels less awful? Watching my favorite movie from 2007. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. But first I'm going to talk about Israel for a little bit and remind you all that the world is a scary place. All right. Anyway, back to Israel. Yep. Uh, Netanyahu is out. You know, what a... Oh, it's it's all changing. The, the campaign is over. The New York Times, the, uh, I don't know, London Papers, whatever. You know, they've all been running kind of damage control articles trying to, like, justify just the outrage that's coming from all of these people all over the world saying, stop allying with these, like, genocidal maniacs. And they're saying, like, oh, we don't support the genocidal maniacs. We just support, you know, the, the, the good democratic government. You know, isn't that good? Everyone's got, like, the good democratic government are the psychopaths. And so they write these articles that are like, yep, you're right. You know, Netanyahu is is uh, abandoning democratic norms and, you know, he's the problem. And that's that's their, their diagnosis of the situation is that Netanyahu is the problem. 
Well, fantastic. Netanyahu is out, so obviously the problem is solved. You know, it's definitely not going to be another genocidal maniac who will do absolutely fuck all to fix the open-air prison they've created in Gaza and, and the Palestinian territory they routinely invade, bomb, and just generally commit crimes against humanity against. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's an incoming guy, uh, Naftali Bennett. You know, he's got a hell of a resume. He was Netanyahu's Minister of Defense. Minister of Defense. He was the guy who was ordering the strikes. <laughs> Thank God we got rid of Netanyahu and put in his bloody, like, military chief. Fantastic. He was the defense mark. He was in charge of the idea of it. Just, you know, he's a guy who, like, openly touts himself as being just, like, more right-wing, harder on Arabs than, than Netanyahu was. He wants more settlements in the West Bank. He compares Arabs to apes. He tried to break the last truce with Hamas. He denies that Palestine ever actually existed as a state. It's, it's just so while everybody's just sitting there, like, discussing about whether the democratic norms are being upheld, he's just going to be slaughtering people. It's just, you, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just, Israeli parliament just seems to be like... The troll feast from The Hobbit. You know, they're sitting there discussing how to kill and eat the Palestinians they've caught. Only, you know, instead of being stalled long enough that they die, they're stalled long enough that the, you know, dwarves just roast over the fire. I don't know, that's a clunk, it's a clunky metaphor, but you can figure it out. I don't know. And what was it? It's like, this new guy, Neftali Bennett, he's like... He's spoken out against what he refers to as miscegenation, which is the marriage of Jews to non-Jews. That's what he wants to make laws against that. Like, miscegenate? You're not a race. That's a religion. What? You know, that seems like the kind of thing that is like the racist future that everybody who gets hysterical about Donald Trump on Twitter is genuinely afraid of, is like being forced to only marry, like doing a full separate but equal where every race gets their own country. But I don't believe in that. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I don't think that, that, that making those ethnostates is a good idea, right? You know, I'm going to be the one that's at the, the, the white council meeting and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, yo, look, I know that we somehow ended up on top of the pile once again, since we were the ones that, you know, started this whole thing. You have to assume that it was the whites that, you know, caused it, this new ethnostate dystopia. I'm going to stand up at the council meeting. I'm going to say, look, I have some problems with it um, here at the meeting of the whites. What's a Filipino, for example? How, where, where does he go? And they'll say, well, obviously they go with the Asian section, don't they? Because because they're in Asia, and I say, yeah, but aren't they half Spanish, so are they going to go with the Latino section as well? Like, where do they fit in on this? And I'll assumably be shot and killed, but all I'm saying is, like, if we have to have some sort of white coalition, do I really want the Italians on my side? The answer is no. No, absolutely not. You know, so if, we get, if we're going to start pe dividing people down racial lines, then I don't really want to be... In fact, as an Irish person, I don't really want Anglo-Saxons coming anywhere near, all right? I want, I want to... I would rather the, Ch you know, a full Celtic ethnostate. I don't want, like, you know, the English getting anywhere near my, my new ethnostate. And, and, and you know, the, the, the tensions between the, the, the Celts and the Anglo-Saxons are an all-time high at the moment, really. Like, do anybody see that uh, Aloy Horizon Forbidden West, whatever the hell it is? You know, the, the video game character Aloy. Somebody made this post saying, like, oh, why don't they, why don't they just, you know, make her more, make her look more feminine? And then they've shown, like, what they think the character actually should look like, and it just looks like, you know, every, like, teen... Disney drama star from the 1990s, and someone correctly pointed out, like, hey, you realize that the thing that you seem to have a problem with here is that she has, like, Celtic features. She has, like, a rounder face. 
So yeah, as far as I'm concerned, they've started it. Let's do this. Let's. It's. I'm done with the Anglo's, and if anything, it's going to be the Anglo's that have started this race war. I'm calling on all of all of my Celtic brothers. All right, all of my Celtic brethren here. I'm talking the the, the the Scots, the Gauls, the Galatians, the Manx, the Bretons. I guess even the Welsh. I think Lorne's Welsh, so he can. Yeah, he can be on my side. I mean, Lorne is a Welsh name. I'm just not sure if he himself is Welsh, but you know. He may be on the right, I may be on the left, but it's time for us to unite and wipe these wasp motherfuckers out. Part two. The big fat Filipino party animal. Alright, you know when you wake up and it's like you've just got a song stuck in your head already? It's like playing in your head from before the moment that you wake up? I had that happening with Eat, Sleep, Rave, Repeat the other night. I was going, what the hell? Why that... Why that song in the first place? Because I haven't heard it in years. And it's just playing again and again and again in my head until, like, I don't know, I start going, like, what the hell was that genre of music, right? Like, what? <laughs> of, like, just party songs where it's like, yeah, I party all night. That's all I do. I'm a party guy. Hell yeah. And I was thinking about, like, party animal guys. Like, guys who just, you know, tell nonstop stories of, like, parties they were at. Like, from the moment they met you, how, how hard they partied and how they were running away from the cops when the cops showed up at this party. It's like, you don't even know if, like, even if their stories are true and they're not made up, it's no less pathetic than if it was actually real. Like, and I was talking to, I was talking to a friend about, about, like, party guys. I was like, yeah, yeah, they're good. You know, those guys, they're all, like, ubiquitously 20 pounds overweight wearing a colorful striped Paul Smith shirt generally Filipino and after like five seconds I'm pretty sure that holds up but I did realize no I'm not talking about (laughs) I wasn't even making a generalization all I was doing was describing a very specific person who came into my bar a couple of weeks ago and got me in shit with my boss big fat Filipino party animal that's exactly what I was thinking of yeah 20 pounds overweight striped Paul Smith shirt generally Filipino and yeah here's how he got me in shit is he comes to the bar and he orders four shots as kilos like 1.30 in the morning so we're not allowed to serve shots so he gets his drinks he just doesn't get them in shot glasses like he wanted and then like 20 minutes later my boss pulls me into the back of the bar and he's like did you deny that guy service I was like well no he's like well he's complaining that you denied him service I was like okay well I didn't he got his drinks he's like yeah he's a he's a He's a friend of one of our VIPs, so, you know, we need to keep him happy, and now you've, like, made us all look stupid. I'm like, okay, well, one, I'm following the rules, I'm following the laws, I'm not breaking the laws for the sake of friends of your friends, for the sake of a friend of a friend of the wife of the boss, that's not, how is that anything to do with me? Yeah, and he's, he's, you know, bringing it up every 20 minutes for, like, the next three weeks, until last night I just, like, I, I cracked it, until, like, the other night I just cracked it, and I was like, you realize I wasn't even the one who served him, right? Like, it was, I don't know why he blamed me for it, but he, I was not the one who he ordered from. So, and he was like, oh, well, why did that guy think that it was you? I was like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I was like three meters away when this was happening. I have no idea why he thinks that it's me. Like, because he coked out of his mind because he's a big fat Filipino party animal. And he was like, oh, well, he thought that you were discriminating against him because he's gay. Like, Okay, so he's a big fat gay Filipino party animal. I still don't care. It just, I still didn't serve him. I'm still not in the wrong. I can't possibly have discriminated against Why would I even know that he's gay? <laughs> he's been in the place for 30 seconds and I'm not serving him. So the other night when I eventually tell him that, he says, you know, well, I don't ever want you to do that again. I don't ever want you like, you know, 
stopping somebody else from getting in trouble, even if it's somebody who's worked as a bartender for three hours, who's <laughs> literally for three hours they've been a bartender and they made a mistake when they heard that the when they heard that the rules were don't serve shots after midnight and got a bit confused about it and were a bit slow about getting that big fat gay Filipino party animal his drinks. And he goes, no, I, you should never do that. You should never do that again. You should never stick up for somebody. You should never stick up for somebody else. And you definitely shouldn't lie to me. I was like, you got so angry. <laughs> why would I go? Why would I let you just spend 30 seconds of being like, what's a shot of tequila? What's so hard about getting a shot of tequila? Why would I let you do that to somebody else? <laughs> Especially when it's like an 18-year-old girl who barely speaks English, who's worked, again, has worked as a bartender for a total of three hours in her life. And this is how you're going to treat her. No, of course I'm going to stand. I cannot wait for him to just do something, fire someone who actually knows their rights, who knows where to go to get support, who is a union member. There is no chance. They are not ready for it. They have the highest staff turnover in any place that I have ever seen. I'm the longest lasting member. And that's just because if I quit, I don't get centrally. I'm staying put out of spite at this point. All I'm waiting for is for a union delegate to have my back when I set fire to that entire place. Burn it to the goddamn ground. Part three, Parsit white supremacist. Uh, here's something that's been confusing me for a few weeks. Not not confusing me, it's just, it, it's been in my brain and it's it's stuck in there because it was the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me outside of a varsity restaurant. Like, that's specific, but I've had some weird things happen outside of varsity restaurants. Not worth getting into. Anyway, so... I was at, at the quiz night, alright? The quiz night, varsity, Monday nights. That Come down, fucking, I'll kill you. you know, and one of the hosts is this Asian dude, alright? He's a, he's, a, he's a funny dude. I like him. We, we went outside at one point. He's having a dart, and I'm like, electronically injecting Cuba Libre flavored nicotine oil into my, however the hell you say, alveoli? Alveoli? I don't know, something about that. Another dude comes up as we're having a chat. And he doesn't seem to realise like we know each other. He seems to think this is some sort of meet and greet session with this host. And he says, "Oh, really? Yeah, great to meet you guys. You, you, oh, yeah, you, you put on a good show to, as a host. Uh, you, oh, dude, do you come here often?" And then another dude comes to join this cuddle puddle, and he's got some like vaguely European accent that I'm what not really clear on what it was. The host then fucks off because he is not really that keen to talk to these people. Which was annoying because I get left with these dudes, and then yeah, this first guy goes to the second guy. You know, uh, oh, what's your uh, what's your accent? Where where are you from? The other guy's like, oh, Poland. Uh, and then the first guy goes, oh, uh, uh, skibbity skibbity ba 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 da da da. And the Polish guy's pleasantly surprised, like, oh, uh, boobity ba 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 scooby scooby doobity. Oh, you spent you've spent time in Poland. You speak Polish. The first guy's like, oh yeah. My uh, my grandma taught me a bit, and you know I'm seeing my cue to exit now. These guys have found something to bond over. They're new best friends based on their shared command of the dirty cockroach pigeon language they have in common. But yeah, then for some reason they don't switch back to Polish for this next part. When the first guy decides to say like, oh yeah yeah yeah, I'd love to go to Poland. You know, it seems like one of the places in the world where it's going to be like safest. Is you know. Things are getting more and more, like, crazy out there. And I'm like, what the f- fuck? It's <laughs> the fuck? Uh, the second guy's like, the Polish guy, he goes, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 you know, well, our government working hard to make sure, like, stop people from coming through the borders, and, like, it's just, it's just, that's the, the fact that, like, they were both immediately on the same page. That's what freaked me out. That's what's been stuck in my craw, all right? It's just, <laughs> like, 
that immediately they start talking in these like isolationist terms being like, yeah, 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 the immigrants, oh, multiculturalism, it's crippling the, 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 the world. That's just, in the history of ethnostates, Poland has not come off too well, all right? Just, I don't understand how they would end up that way. I don't understand how both of these guys are like, yep, Poland is going to be the last defense of the white race. Like, okay, wait, last time there was a, you know, an established ethnostate, you know, when Germany got all uh, Hitler-y, Hitler-esque, hitler I think that, yeah, that's the one, hitler Um, All that shit's happening, and naturally they start, you know, ranking the races. The Polish got put down at the bottom with the Jews and the Gypsies and the mentally enfeebled. Like, what kind of... And these guys are like, oh, yeah, 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 this is going to be us. Yeah, you you want to go to your, like, screen door on a submarine motherland for protection from the dangerous mudbloods. And, yeah, it's just... It just came out of nowhere, and it's been just preoccupying me for a few weeks. It's like, how... How did it just came out of nowhere, this turn of the conversation that they say Poland and immediately go like, yeah, the world is being crippled by multiculturalism. It's like, what the f- Like, I've never had that happen to me. I've never had that kind of instantaneous connection with people. Normally, like, you know, if somebody's Irish and I say my grandparents are Irish, it's like, you know, I've never been able to successfully just turn the page into, oh, by the way, how 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 bad is miscegenation? I can't believe how much, like, interbreeding of the lower order races is allowed in today's society. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like, I've never had that immediate an understanding of anything with anyone. Again, it generally takes me, like, ten minutes after introducing some sort of Irish motherland connection, before I'll reveal, I think, that the, you know, the IRA should bomb more post offices and get back the six counties that the Ulsterites stole, all right? I'm happy to cop to it, but it's going to take some time. And, well, I mean, yeah, that, that that's the thing. <laughs> I don't know, they're off on a tangent here, but, like, Ireland copped a whole lot of shit, a whole lot of death and suffering at the hands of, like, colonialism and this belief of some, you know, Anglo-Saxon twats that their race was fundamentally better than others. And, you know, fast forward to today, and it's like, Ireland's become one of the most progressive countries in the world behind, like, you know, Scandinavia and New Zealand. Maybe Canada. I'm pretty sure they're ahead of us. I don't know. Uh, But just, yeah, instead... (laughs) They've done that instead of turning into a beacon of hope for fuck-headed people who will just wait for an Asian dude to walk away from a conversation then immediately start saying, oh, multiculturalism is crippling the world. It's like... Fuck them, man. Just fuck those guys. Fuck anyone who thinks that way. Fuck the nationalist bloc in charge of Poland who somehow is actually giving these guys hope for, like, the white ethnostate future. Fucking saw the entire cursed fucking country off and floated into the Baltic Sea. Run it as an offshore Alcatraz just to imprison any fucking white supremacist dumb shits who, you know, they're dumb enough to cross its borders and try and get in there in the first place in pursuit of some, like... Two degrees of full-blown neo-Nazi ideology. If you're the kind of person who brings that up outside of burger restaurants, delicious burger restaurants, what the... F- Get back inside, all right? Just order a burger and shut up, all right? Oh, oh, fuck it. Go to Poland. Fuck off to Poland. Enjoy the lower life expectancy, the the, the lack of sense of community that's self-reported by the Polish, right? The, the 20 grand a year average national income, the, the fact that the Polish, like, report a lower enjoyment of life than 90% of OECD nations, the fact that in one generation, Poland went from one of the most egalitarian nations in the world to one of the least equal in all of Europe. In all of Europe, they still have aristocrats over there and still have managed to fuck it up that badly, all right? Enjoy it, you fuckwits. Fuck off. Go to Poland. Don't come back. Part 4. 
the home-brewed cucumber seltzer bite. So I've been, I've been on the Twitter, you know. Me and, me and Lewin have talked a little bit about our, you know, our social media specializations. Lewin's a Reddit guy, which is cringe. And uh, I'm a Twitter guy, which means I just get kind of raw, unfiltered mental illness from every corner of the globe constantly piped into my head. Particularly since I'm, you know, obsessed with uh, weird Twitter, which is mainly just people posting bizarre scenarios and characters they just made up. Or sometimes you don't even have to make them up. Sometimes people, you know, just make themselves into a parody, such as uh, the person who posted, uh, please do not buy the BTS meal at McDonald's if you don't stand them. You're preventing actual BTS fans who have waited for months to have the BTS meal experience. Eating the sauces without understanding their significance is literally cultural appropriation and it's not okay. I love that. That's perfect. That's awesome. So I made this tweet, you know, I was pretty happy with the tweet. This was the tweet. Uh, men are obsessed with three things. Homebrewing the perfect cucumber seltzer water, analyzing the aesthetic design choices of Nazi military branches, and luring Freemasons into their wine cellar dungeon with promises of a Montadillo. Alright, that was pretty highbrow there, you know, the Edgar Allan Poe reference. And then this dude just weighs in, you know? You know, it was getting some numbers, almost hit double digits, and uh, this dude just comments like... This dude comments, um, um, my great-great-grandfather's uncle didn't die on the beaches of Normandy for you to say things praising the Nazi regime. What? What the fuck? Like, how is that the thing? And like, I look at this guy's profile. I don't follow him. He doesn't follow me. We don't have anyone in common, which means he must have like keyword searched the word Nazi to find something to comment on. And so, you know, I was thinking about like, should I just tell this guy, like, it's a joke? Because obviously he doesn't understand that it's a joke. And what's the best response when you say, oh, it was a joke? He's going to say, like, well, you shouldn't be joking about the Nazi regime. My great-great-grandfather's cousin's boyfriend died, all right? It's like, like, all right, whatever. So instead I just posted uh, ZZ Top's sharp-dressed man. And then, okay, and then, like, a couple of hours later I started getting these, like, messages getting messages, getting DMs, people trying to slide into my DMs and being like, you're disgusting. You're, you're a disgusting Nazi scumbag. I was like, all right, what's happened here? And it turns out the guy's, he's screen capped the tweet, he's blocked me, and then he's posted on his thing. And I was going like, wow, he's got real supportive friends, honestly. And then, you know, I looked at their profiles, tried to see what they have in common, and I found it. They're all members of the same charismatic evangelical megachurch. So, God, God damn it. There is, like, I like to, I like to razz kind of mainline Protestants, but God damn, charismatic evangelicals are the worst people on the face of the planet, alright? Just absolutely crippled by their own, like, protagonist syndrome, because their whole twisted Cronenberg abortion idea of spirituality is like, oh no, you just have to believe louder than any other group. There's no ritual, there's no sacred practice to it. It's just like a book that was written at the dawn of history, which for them is 400 years ago, is completely true. And as long as you believe hard enough that you're right and that this is right and you are right by believing that it's right, then it doesn't matter if you're just fucking ignoring half the shit about like don't eat pork or crustaceans or or, or ignoring the part about wearing mixed linens obviously because you have to dress your fucking 100 kilo diabetic toddler in Oshkosh Husky Boys to try and make him look cute as he trundles off down to daycare because he's the size of a fucking adult panda because you won't stop feeding him popcorn shrimp. No, fuck that. Instead, you fucking like fake a seizure and speak in tongues to like 
pretend you're uniquely blessed by God or some shit. Imagine you're in the street and some guy just starts going like, Uga laka to uga manuka, Jesus, Jesus, touch me, uga to laka manuka, manuka, honey. Uh, like, would you be stopping and going, oh my God, this is a miracle? Or would you be carting him off to an asylum or like patting him down for the meth that he's obviously been swilling, right? Like, or maybe he's just speaking Italian, which is equally demonic, really. I mean, Italian's the closest language to Latin, and most pagan curses and, you know, rituals seem to be in Latin. I'm just pointing this stuff out. I'm just I'm just laying out facts here. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying if any one people were cursed by God uniquely and were the most prone to demonic behavior, which one would it be? That's all I'm asking. Anyway, back to the charismatics. So the whole thing guiding their miserable idiot lives is just to be big, be loud, be the best, build a church in the middle of a shopping center. Not to mention like 80% of them think that the end of days is coming in like the next two weeks because they can't accept the idea of themselves dying because they can't accept the idea of a world living without their morbidly obese flesh sack bodies rolling around the supermarket aisles hunting for triple battered quadruple fried cheese sticks they can microwave to hell and funnel down the gullets of their ugly disgusting children at least the mainline protestants keep their mystic voodoo blood magic to themselves they're, they're at least they're like compelled to be dignified to the point of repression they like wear suits and ties to church taking pride in like the dignity of it all nobody's ever met like an evangelical mainline protestant there's no evangelical Lutherans left. Now they're all just like, no, stay the hell away. Same with Catholics. The Catholics have their, like, belief in, like, reverence and ritual and hierarchy, even if the constant threat of burning in hell just as, makes them just as likely to implode internally and become syphilitic alcoholics. But at least you never see, like, Catholics trying to recruit people, right? They're trying to get people to attend their services and fucking decommission high school gyms. The Jews are the only people that seem to have accepted that, like they won't receive a direct reward for their belief because because the whole thing, their whole religion is about believing in something that's greater than yourself and maintaining it no matter whether you're getting rewarded or not. You know, and why should God care about your individual problems? Who the hell are you? Which I guess kind of seems similar to worshipping Cthulhu, but fuck it. At least there's like no dancing in the aisles of like a 300-pound fucker with an attitude guitar singing off-key about how an angel touched him in the closet at a family barbecue when he was four. Just complete solipsism, some complete self-consciousness, zero self-reflection. So yes, this guy's going and being like, oh, I found like some blood relation I have to somebody who died heroically. I'm going to make the today about me. I'm going to be the main character of today by like fighting with a random who posted like a not even successful tweet that mentioned the word Nazi. And then I'm going to screen cap it and post it to all of my idiot friends. And they're all going to be like, they're all going to be having exactly the same protagonist thing. It's like, I'm going to defend the little guy today who has zero sense of irony and is just deciding to take this thing 100% seriously. Like as though that was the one part of it was that was serious. It was like I had disguised the truth in these absurd statements, like making... <laughs> Making reference to Edgar Allan Poe things, and it's like, well, yeah, that's also what he wants, isn't it? He wants to dress like a Nazi, brew cucumber seltzer, and imprison Harlequins in his dungeon. Yep, that's it. You got me, dude. Ironically, the, the one true part was about me trying to make a cucumber seltzer, which I am trying to do in the garage. It sucks. Cannot get the balance right. Cucumber is very subtle, but if you try to increase the strength, it's very strong. All right? Little, little, little homebrewing, little seltzer homebrewing tip for all of you out there. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe I should tie this to film. This is supposed to be a film podcast. All right. Well, yeah. Here's my here's my here's my take. Only Catholics and Jews make good movies. All right. Films that you can actually remember for longer than it takes you to jam your empty Skittles bag between the seats and walk back down the aisle of the theater. The Protestants 
Yeah, they make stuff that's like thrilling at the time. You know, the MCU, clearly made by Protestants. But evangelicals, absolutely not. They can't make anything. There's no depth, there's no longevity, there's no sense of like the film as part of a greater tradition of film. It's just like, this is going to be the most kick-ass experience of the next 10 minutes. That's it. That's all they've got. Scorsese, Catholic. Hitchcock, Catholic. Uh, Robert Redford, Tarantino, Francis Ford Coppola, Sergio Leone, Mel Gibson, all Catholic. Jews, Kubrick, Spielberg, Woody Allen, David Lynch. There was a few problematic names all mentioned in there. Sorry, but, you know, a good film's a good film. On the other hand, fucking evangelicals' favorite movies are either like some shitty Christian movie you haven't even heard of, like some shitty knockoff of Saw where, like, a woman goes to the doctor and ends up being imprisoned in the basement and you think the kidnapper is the villain the entire time and then it turns out at the end that she was actually going to the doctor to have an abortion and the kidnapper is actually forcing them to have the babies and then giving the babies to good Christian homes and the, ki- the, the kidnapper is actually the good guy and they love it because they're like, oh, this let me finally understand, like people who aren't members of the Ninth Day Adventist Church of Darren the Anti-Vaxxer, they must also think they're the protagonists of reality. You know, they also think the world is full of threats, which only me and my inbred cousins can fix. Which, no, that's just you. That's just you and your toxic brand of spirituality. It, yeah, it's either that or, like, their favourite movie is just, like, the Emoji movie. Or the Do-Over with Adam Sandler. Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. And, and even if they try to review it, it's like they'll describe it in the same terms they read on the on the movie poster, like, oh, it's, oh, yeah, it's a gut-busting good time. Or they'll tell you about how good it is and their review of the movie is, like, intractable from some attached story about, like, the four mayo potato salad with corn chips that Barbara made for dinner before they put the kids to bed and popped open Netflix on a six-inch Android tablet and their the 60-year-old bedbug-riddled mattress they inherited from their granddad. I would give anything to just, like, measure the bumps on their skull and figure out what the hell is wrong with their brains. Saw their brain pans open like Calvin Candy and Django. Part five is Jerry Seinfeld funny. Alright, so here we are, back to the present, back to back to me trying to string this into some sort of through-line thing, and um, I think I've found the perfect way to do it. This is something I was thinking about the other day. Is Jerry Seinfeld funny? Now, this one might be controversial. I'm not saying is Seinfeld funny, alright? I'm not saying is the show Seinfeld funny, we can all agree it's funny, it's fine, alright? It was just a thought that I had the other day, I was like scrolling through Netflix and it was like, do you want to watch Jerry Seinfeld's Netflix special? And I thought, no, no, I have no desire. And, well, like, why is that? And then, you know, my pathological inability to not follow a train of thought until it derails and smashes into the side of a primary school, like, kicks in, and I'm suddenly going like, but it's him, like, it's the guy, right? Like, <laughs> like he's got a, he's got some kind of star power to him, surely. Like, uh, if, if it's, like, Steve Steve Coogan, right? Like, Alan Partridge. I will watch anything that he's in because I'm kind of guaranteed to laugh, but also I just like him, you know? I know I know what I'm getting into. I know what kind of performance he's going to deliver. You know, then there's, like, I don't know, Bo Burnham. He's got his new special out. I watched that straight away. It was fine. I didn't have a problem with it. A lot of people seem to. Uh, I don't like the fact that I saw a review of it that was like, yes, this is exactly what it's like. Creative people suffer so much from being trapped inside. It's like, everyone, everyone was trapped inside, you twat. You were, you are not the only person suffering, and your suffering is no greater than anybody else. You're, you are not a unique caged bird wanting to be free, you idiot. No, shut up. Don't ever have an opinion like that. God damn it. Yeah, there's James Acaster. I've, I've vanished down so many, like... YouTube rabbit holes of just watching, like, 
two-hour compilations of just funny things that he says in passing. All of them are just like every single UK panel show since 2008 to just to watch his just to watch him do a little do a little thing do a little riff about something so banal that you wouldn't even really think about it I like it it's a, I like it it's funny love him but uh Seinfeld eh like Mark Marin I've watched like everything he's ever been in I love his stand up glow was all right I guess but no like I think his stand up special was one of the first things I ever <laughs> saw on netflix when it came out in australia i remember that time like what was it 2015 yeah i i watched so much shit like that's what one of the reviewers called it when netflix first got released in australia it was like a packed refrigerator filled with vegetarian food like like i think the first three things i watched was like uh the road with vigo mortensen uh the mark maron special and like bojack horseman the first season of bojack horseman which did break my goddamn brain for like (laughs) a year like trying to get all of my friends to watch this like funny cartoon show which is also very depressing and like nobody would watch it because it only got like 60 percent on rotten tomatoes because they would i don't know reviewers being like it's not funny or deep enough and then turned out they didn't watch the second half of the first season which is like yeah i get it like like reviewing a series that is designed to be binge watched is kind of different because if it's designed to be binge watched you assume that everybody is just like putting aside five hours and streaming their way through it but no if you're a critic you're being paid to do it just watch the whole thing don't be lazy shits fuck but then it was kind of even worse when they found out that like oh it's actually about depression oh rad i love it now it's like ah come on dude (laughs) no you don't get to enjoy it now all right you made your choice I only knew one person who had seen BoJack Horseman, and it was Lewin, actually, and that's why he gets to be the co-host. But don't tell him I said that because he thinks it's because of his own unique talents, not because he agreed with me. (laughs) Not because he agreed with me one time when everyone else is disagreeing with me. He doesn't need to know that. But, oh, yeah, that's another one. Will Arnett, voice of BoJack, Joe from Arrested Development. I've seen him, like, pretty much everything he's ever been in, including The Brothers Solomon, and that was one of the most aggressively bad movies I've ever seen. Or that, like, weird series, like, Flaked, I think it was called, about him being just, like, an alcoholic king of Venice Beach or something. He was in Snow Dogs. He's Lego Batman. He was in Robert Downey Jr.'s Doolittle, which, ugh. I mean, and look, most of the stuff that he's in, awful, but I'm going to watch it because I like him. Seinfeld, on the other hand, it's like, what, like, yeah, Seinfeld, sure, it's one of the greatest shows of all time. Real brave statement being made here. But, like, yeah, B-movie, it's okay. Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee? No, self-indulgent fucking shit. I watched two episodes, turned it off. Never turned it on again. Hated it. And his stand-up specials, I have tried... I've tried to watch it, and it's just, like, less racist Michael McIntyre with a smug American accent. I, I don't... I'm not... I don't have an interest in it. No, the, the, the actual brain behind Seinfeld was Larry David. And Larry David, once he got, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm, it was like, all right, well, I can... I can basically watch the show of Seinfeld without having to watch these, like, cringeworthy fucking stand-up bits that are interspersed between it, in which the audience just seems to be, like, crying with laughter. It's just like, have you noticed buttons? Like, what? <laughs> Honestly, those stand-up bits almost ruined it for me. The first few times that I tried to watch Seinfeld, I was like, oh, come on. Just, <laughs> just this shit-tier stuff just interspersed with, like, a good sitcom. It's like, all it makes me think of is that it must have been incredibly easy to be a comedian in the 80s and 90s, if that's the level of, like, like you can just walk in with just this riff of, like, oh, oh uh, what's the deal with shoelaces? You know, you, you you get a new shoes, and then two weeks later, you lose you lose that little plastic bit that goes at the end, and then, you know, 
You have to either get them replaced or you walk around looking like a homeless person who fished the shoes out of a St. Vinny's donation bin. You know, this is a pretty good riff, actually. Pretty, yeah. Even even me taking the piss out of his terrible riffs, out of his terrible stand-up, is still in itself vastly superior to the original product. We all gave the Velcro shoes kids shit for not being able to figure out how to do the bunny ears method, but, you know, maybe they figured out these things, the shoelaces aren't all that great. Maybe uh, they picked up a bit more logic with that extra chrome. You know what, never mind. Um, uh, that wasn't going anywhere good. Um, what the hell was my point? Oh, right, yeah. No, it's just, it's just drivel. It's just, oh, ladies, what are you spending all that time doing getting ready in the bathroom? And every dude watching is going like, yeah, that's exactly it. It's not like we could just ask what they're doing. No, instead, let's just, like, boil up with resentment and then laugh way too loud when some shit-tier idiot in a blazer gets up on stage and says it in a wise guy voice. Like, what's up with rubber bands? Why are they stationary? What are... What are they doing? What, what are they? What are they doing in the office? Why? Maybe for cash handling. And then people like for that shit. People give you like a multi-million-dollar media contract. I would love to go back and deliver like my fresh material right in the middle of the eighties. Walking like, what's the deal with evangelicals? You know, you walked into a, a, an empty factory that was decommissioned during the economic devastation wrought by the neoliberal age of the eighties by shifting the manufacturing base of the Western world to countries whose economies essentially operate on slave labor. I'm gonna start again. That that probably wouldn't have done it. You, you walk into a community function space, you listen to a morbidly obese 17 year old preacher called Brandon who may or may not be the reincarnation of Moses and suddenly you're convulsing in spiritual ecstasy? What's the deal with that? You, you, you watch a sermon on TV and you send the pastor $300 which was meant to go to your kid's child support and now you believe you're the protagonist of a, a reality which will be consumed with fire and sulfur in four years when the rapture comes because you just, you don't have the imagination to conceive of a world without you in it? What's the deal with that? See, great riff. It's even got the rhythm. It's even got like a rhythmic part of like, the Catholics have ritual, the Protestants have repression, but the evangelicals have the balance of power in both major parties in the most well-armed and dangerous country in the world, as well as a fundamental desire to accelerate the world towards collapse via nuclear devastation. And they don't believe in evolution. What's the deal with that? What's, what's the deal with rave music? You know, you heard that song, eat, sleep, rave, repeat? You're eating, you're sleeping, when are you drinking some water? What's what's your source of income in this scenario? You know, you, you know my, my, my pseudo-Jerry actually has some great points. Those songs, I do, I, can, I must reiterate, fucking suck. Can we, can we ever talk about this thing, guys? Maybe, maybe plot that one out. What's the deal with the Israeli government? Actually, no. <laughs> I found a way to ruin a bit about shoelaces. There's no fucking way I should riff on this. All right, yeah, no, that's it. That's it. I'm done for the this week. That kind of wraps it all up. Seinfeld himself as a person sucks. Also, he did that thing with the 17-year-old. So let's not let's. If you don't know, Google it. But I'm not getting sued by Seinfeld. He's worth God knows how much. I'm done for today. I'm still recovering. My brain's still slowly being pieced together. I'm afraid that I'm going to, you know, try and go to sleep tonight and accidentally recover some memories I'd rather forget. So that's it. That's it. It's done. It's done. It's over. Thank you for listening to Wheelie Bin Drag Race. Uh, Lewin will be back next week. And I do have, I, I've, I've received the confirmation that he has watched the movie now. He has figured out how to get it working. So, fresh episode next week. Let's, 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 let's skeet it. See ya. Come on, shake like and tans. Come out and fight me like a man. Show your wife how you won medals down the Flanders. And our the IRA made you run like hell away. From the green and lovely lanes of Hillishandra. Come, let us hear you tell how you slandered great.